So in this uh, event, I want to introduce Dr. David Wright. Dr. Wright uh, and I know each other from years ago. Dr. Wright is an internist. He's been way focused on prevention. He's uh, run several clinics in the preventive space. He and I are sort of complementary. My background and training is in prevention, and obviously I have to do a little bit of internal medicine given what we do. Dr. Wright's an internist who uh, uh, obviously has to do uh, uh, prevention and what he does. So <clears throat> uh, uh, it's a good fit. And it's very exciting uh, to announce, to me to announce that uh, Dr. Wright has uh, joined us in terms of uh, seeing patients. He'll also join us in terms of uh, doing some presentations for the YouTube uh, video. So David, you wanna give us a little bit more about your background? Thank you so much, Ford, and thanks for inviting me to be a part of uh, the effort that you've uh, really come a long way with over the last few years. Uh, great job. Um, so my internal medicine career started uh, 40 years ago, and uh, during my internship, my dad, at age 52, survived his heart attack. And in 1979, uh, heart disease uh, killed half of the people before they either got to the hospital or by the time they left the hospital, and the other half uh, were left disabled. Uh, fortunately, he returned to an active life, but because that happened during my internship, I really have paid attention to what causes heart disease and what can we do about it. And the great news is over 40 years, as you all have learned from Ford's channel, uh, the science has, has progressed tremendously. And so after about 10 years of, of traditional private practice and growing weary of seeing my patients continue to have heart attacks or strokes or become diabetic, despite my best efforts to use the science that I was trained with, I realized that I had to go outside of that traditional training, find the science that's legitimate that is out there and start applying it to my patients. And so I started doing that uh, about 30 years ago. Uh, and as Ford mentioned, progressively have become more and more prevention focused. And really starting about a decade ago, uh, started opening a prevention center, helping other clinics open theirs. And the last five years really focused on teaching colleagues and patients alike how they can be prevention minded. Um, and so I, I still practice. I have a, a concierge practice here in Memphis. And uh, nothing delights me more than to see the light bulb of uh, what's possible come on in the eyes of the patients that I see, uh, to see the hope that they have for a different future ahead, and for them to embrace uh, everything that they need to be doing and want to be doing to stay healthy. So that's a, a quick sketch of, of my background. and. Uh, Probably those of you that have watched Dr. Brewer's channel for the last few years can see why we are uh, complementary to each other. So thanks, David. You know, uh, we started off talking about the differences between internal and preventive medicine. One of the key points behind preventive medicine is just what you referred to. Um, lifestyle is the most important medicine. And you don't accomplish lifestyle changes just by walking in spending seven minutes with the patient, writing a script and walking out. 
uh, it's an intensive educational process. Um, and uh, you've always been very, very good in that space. Another space where uh, you taught me a lot had to do with uh, the importance of prediabetes. There's a fellow named, uh, or insulin resistance, there's a fellow named Joseph Kraft. I know you know the name. Uh, one of his more interesting quotes, and I think it's very, very appropriate, is that those with heart attack uh, or those with cardiovascular risk that don't have diagnosed um, diabetes simply aren't diagnosed yet. So any comments on that before we get into some of the other topics we're going to cover today? Uh, that's such a great point uh, that he makes, Ford. Um, in, in fact, many patients uh, over my career have come back into my office after their heart attack. This is in the early, early years of my career and would tell me, well, I caught diabetes in the hospital. Yeah. Well, no, they didn't catch the diabetes in the hospital. It was just finally diagnosed. And, and exactly right is that 70% of folks with atherosclerosis, with plaque in their arteries, 70 plus percent of those are in some stage of insulin resistance. Guess I what? Guess what? Only half of people that come to the hospital with their heart attack have an abnormal cholesterol level. Right. What are we missing? So exactly. It's, it's the insulin resistance is one of the foundational drivers for atherosclerosis. I personally have a suspicion that that 70% is way underdiagnosed as well. I think it's higher than that. Yeah, it could, you, you could be right. I know uh, early in my prevention effort, we, the first 600 patients that we ran through with the glucose tolerance test, we had, and I was really picking people uh, that were likely to have disease, meaning they had plaque. Um, and somewhere around 75% of that group uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, failed their glucose tolerance test. Uh, I started testing people that were, quote, low risk for disease, and I was still getting 60 plus percent that would fail the test. It is epidemic. So here's the other point to add to that. I find after months of back and forth with Quest, I finally got them to add insulin response to the one and two hour OGTT, glucose tolerance test. And guess what? One or two patients per month will have a normal OGTT, but it's taking them twice the uh, the physiological amount or optimal amount of insulin to keep their blood sugars there. So these people are obviously in a very early stage of insulin resistance, but it's clearly classic insulin resistance. It's just taking a lot, but they still have, they have that reaction, the, the, the cell in their brain that, that gauges the amount of blood sugar is still working. It hasn't been adjusted upwards and it's still saying, okay, go ahead and release this insulin. Uh, but it's taking twice the amount to get them where they, where they are. Exactly. And so that's a bunch of other people that even with an OGTT are not going to be picked up. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.